All right, everyone, welcome back. I know it's been a while. Um, we've just had a lot going on between all of us and kind of international break in the middle of that, but we are proud to be back uh, for you guys to listen to another episode of the Balanced Blues Brothers podcast. Today, it's me, myself, Travis, joined with uh, Score and Ola, and we're going to be breaking down what I think was the most exciting match that I have watched as a Chelsea fan for maybe almost two years now. Um, and it was a 4-4 draw with Man City at Stamford Bridge, back and forth the whole time. And one thing that really sticks out is that Chelsea were able to come back from a one-goal deficit three times and equalize. And that that's a really good trait going forward for such a young, uh, inexperienced team. So I think quickly, you know, before we pass this over to you guys, I think that things stick out for me. Offensively, we're starting to see some good connections. Sterling and Palmer are the standout players for me. Jackson is starting to fire, you know, and the press that we would initiated in the final third and the mid third were great today. And as well as that, you know, I think that we're starting to see maybe some of the reasons why. And I know I was very critical, so happy to be wrong on this, that our early season data was maybe underlying some good things. And we're starting to see those good things now, especially against the good teams when you kind of consider the context of. <laughs> going toe-to-toe with Arsenal, beating Spurs, and then beating City. Uh, or not beating City, but at least picking up a point. Sorry. <clears throat> but uh, with that said, um, I feel like today was really encouraging. Even though it's only one point earned, it feels like a win. And overall, it was the most offensively exciting performance maybe since that Milan or uh, 3-0 game or the Uventus 4-0 game. And I said this before we started recording to score, but. I thought today was the single best match uh, that I, one of the best offensive matches I've seen um, since Tuchel was manager. One of the most exciting ones since Tuchel was manager. Maybe the most encouraging given that, let's be honest, City have the best manager in the world, they have the best striker in the world, best defensive mid in the world. I mean, they have some of the best players across the pitch in the entire world, and they have the best guy in charge of them all. So for us to be able to go 4-4, down from one goal three times to equalize at home with such a young, inexperienced team that we're building. Uh, I, I think this shows a lot of good things, but I will say the defensive side today underpins, you know, some, some bad things and defensively still letting up four goals. One of which was a penalty uh, that really should have been a penalty. We can talk about that later. There's still some concern there, but I th- I said this before the recording too, to me, what we did offensively was more encouraging today than what we did defensively to discourage me. So I think today is still a very high net positive. And I'm maybe starting to feel for the first time in a long time that perhaps we're starting to turn the corner. So I'll open up to you guys. Yeah, I was, I was really encouraged today. Uh, I really enjoyed the game actually just overall. I did, I went into it with, Low expectations, obviously, because you're playing the best team in the world, uh, and we're not the best team in the world. Uh, so I didn't, I, I, you know, my expectations were pretty low, and that actually helped me enjoy the game and be a bit more objective about it. Um, but it was an excellent performance. Like, I mean, I think I don't think it should be underestimated. Coming back from a from a goal behind three times against the best team in the world, uh, that takes character. Uh, it would have been easy for us to capitulate any of those times. And last season, we probably would have done. Uh, but one of the things I've been saying about this team is they've definitely, the mentality of the team 
the character and the thing has definitely improved this season. Uh, there's and the recruitment department deserve a lot of credit for that because of the players they got rid of and the players that they brought in. Uh, they seem to have done the right job with that. Um, but yeah, to come to come from behind, especially after that penalty, which was like it wasn't a penalty. Um, I don't think it was a penalty. And um, you know, Anthony Taylor doing what Anthony Taylor does against Chelsea. Um, that was a bit of a kick in the in the guts because we started the game really well, and. But you know, we we got an equaliser relatively quickly, and then we went ahead. So that was really impressive, uh, and it's good to good to see that we're scoring goals and creating chances. I think obviously having Reese James back is is making a difference. He's now played three games in a row and not been injured. Uh, they're playing him for sixty minutes at a time, which I think makes sense, not to get pretty much pressure on him while he comes back. But he he was excellent in the first half. Um, obviously, Cole Palmer has been incredible. I think it's one of the best signings that we've made. Uh, I think he has now four goals and five assists in 13 games, something like that, um, which is a great start. And he's going to get better. Um, and his penalty was brilliant. You know, the, the pressure on that penalty was massive, um, especially for him against, you know, his old club uh, as well. Kind of all the stuff that would have been going on in his head, you know, to put that penalty away. Get us the draw that we deserved. Um, yeah, he deserves a lot of credit. Raheem Sterling, or well, again, he's been. I think he's been great all season. Personally, uh, he gets a lot of criticism, but you know he's he's delivering. You know he's almost on the same number of goals that he got in the whole of last season, uh, and it's November. So again, you know, really impressed with him. He's dangerous all game, and Walker couldn't handle him. Basically, uh, he was a threat all the time um, with his pace. Uh, and he was also he got he won a lot of tackles. He got the he won the ball back a lot, you know, which people criticise him for not doing. But he did it today. Uh, he was really really up for it. You could see it. Uh, and he's one of the experienced players that you know that needs to show up in these games, and he did. So uh, yeah, uh, they were those two especially were excellent. Thought Conor Gallagher was excellent again. Uh, Nicholas Jackson, you know, he's he had a chance. He had one chance in the game, I think, and he took it. So or one clear chance and he took it you know he's now got four goals in two games um you know he's expected i, I saw a stat with his expected goals he's on and he, apparently his his expected goals he's on to get 20 goals a season if he maintains that so i can't i haven't got the stat in front of me but um yeah so he's coming along and that's that's really positive um he pressed really well from the front um yeah, so I'm I'm really obviously there were there were uh, problems with defending and you know some of the couple of the goals that we conceded were sloppy, um, mistakes by certain individuals, uh, and you know one of the goals was just an unlucky deflection. Really, you can't count for that. The ball was wasn't the ball was going to be shot was going to be saved, and then defender did what the, what they often do is stick their foot out to try and stop it, and end up deflecting it in. So. That happened, but uh, yeah, a really great performance, lots of positives, great character, great mentality, great spirit in the team. Um, I think like I, I said all along, I was quite positive about this team and that you know, we'd start to see the fruits of that eventually. And I think we're starting to now. We've scored, we scored eight goals in two games. We've played four games against you know, Liverpool, Arsenal, Spurs and Manchester City, and we've not lost any of them. Uh, we scored 11 goals in those four games as well. 
um, and we've beaten Spurs away, and we've we've drawn against the European champions. So that's all quite positive, you know, especially for a young team. We will get better. There's no doubt about it. We will get better. And we've got players to come in as well. We've got Badia Shiel, who I think needs to be starting. And Kunk is going to be back very soon. Uh, so, you know, there's there's definitely potential to improve. And, um, you know, fair play to Pochettino. You know, he's he's building something. He's He's gone like toe-to-toe with top managers and he's not lost. Um, and he's won one of the games as well. Um, so, yeah, um, I'm I'm quite positive. Obviously, there's things that we need to improve. There's always is things that you need to improve. Um, and we'll get to that. But overall, I feel really positive after today. Yeah, I think it should be... Yeah, first of all, I want to give full credit to Palmer for the composure he showed for the penalty. It was a high-pressure penalty, and I don't think it gets more high-pressure than that. Actually, it does. But it was quite high-pressure, and he delivered. He played, he played well. I think a lot of the plaudits Palmer is getting for this game is... Is uh, adrenaline filled, and I don't want to be the, I don't want to be that guy. But I wasn't too impressed with him in this game. I think um, it's fair to be excited about how we played against Manchester City, considering that it's Manchester City. We created the chances eventually. We got the goal-scoring opportunities. We converted a lot of our chances. We most importantly, I think we put them under pressure in their own half in their middle third, in their defensive third, and that generated a lot of chances that we got. Uh, either team didn't particularly keep the ball well. Uh, both teams had spells where they kept possession and they did some good things with it. I think the way the game went, I wasn't surprised that it went that way. I knew we were going to create a lot of chances, but I also knew we were going to give up a lot of chances. I didn't expect it to be a 4-4 game, but I also wasn't surprised it was a 4-4 game. This game went almost exactly how the Arsenal and the Spurs, well, not the Spurs game, but the Liverpool game went. And it's true that when we come up against teams like this, we, because of how we play, I mentioned this in preseason anyway, that we don't uh, create that many chances from scratch. We create many chances on the counter and winning the ball off our opponents high up the pitch, which is good. Yeah. The ability to create chances that way is is uh, is crucial uh, at this level. But many of the chances we create are off-counter attacks and, you know, not particularly from possession to... And while all our games against top teams that have held the ball against us have gone that way. So I expected City to, to be the same. I think if we had not played against nine men against Spurs, that game would also have been end-to-end and the, the, the results would probably have looked uh, similar to this one. But I think um, what we should focus on is the positives. And I think seeing our attack jail, uh, seeing our attack uh, have good uh, good is it telepathy? Good uh, chemistry in final third is very good for us because we've seen our attack not play, not not combine well for more than more than two years. So I think it's it's good that we are seeing our attack get you know some connection on the board and 
and get some goals in, some assists. Sterling played very well, extremely well. Gallagher was superb. Our defense, uh, less, the less um, said about that, the better. The midfield was, eh. But the, the attack really did well because they engineered a lot of the pressing, a lot of the ball winning, high up the pitch, a lot of the chance creation. Uh, Pochettino's uh, idea to bring in Broja was a master stroke because he won the pen. Maybe that's too simplistic, but uh, Broja's role in that um, equalizer, that last equalizer was very good. The, it was very good, most importantly, that every time we went down, we came back. I don't know how often we are going to need to do that or how often we are going to be able to do that. But it was good that in this game we did because it was important that we didn't lose this game and it was important that we didn't get slapped up by City. Ultimately, it was a net positive. We showed some presence, some personality against a Manchester City team that, you know, have been easily dispatching teams. We put them under pressure. At some point, Rodri had to had to foul Palmer because Palmer was getting away from him. So that was an indication to me that we're playing well and we're making City uncomfortable. And not many teams can do that. It's extremely difficult to do, to make City uncomfortable. So I'll say overall it was a net positive. Yeah, I think that it was a net positive for overall. Um, I think that one thing that you said early on that I wanted to touch a little a bit more on was your comments about like Palmer, you know, maybe having a little bit of uh, moments that, Gave you a little bit more concern, and I think that's correct because early on in the first half of that, when I was watching it, I think that as good as he was, I think what you said still is worth touching upon. And I think I'll give you the reason why after I say it. But he had a couple moments in the first half where there were wide open passing options, and he just simply waited. He held on to the ball too long, and I think that as Chelsea fans, that is important to recognize because that's generally speaking, younger players are going to make those kinds of mistakes more often than maybe a, a more experienced or just simply more talented player or both in many cases. But, you know, like De Bruyne is going to see that pass and release it sooner than Palmer did a few times in that first half. But I think that the encouraging thing is, is those are things that I can live with as just as a fan and as somebody who's supporting the club, because there's a lot of reason to believe going forward that those will slowly be brought out of his game and more of the good decision-making and the speed of decision-making will be brought forward in this game. So that's kind of where I'm at with him, is I think that we're going to see those moments, but what even though we see those bad moments at some times with him, that's just going to be part of the process. Um, and I think that just letting him make those mistakes is generally how we're going to see more of his development long-term, because that's what he's going to mostly learn from. And I say all this is because at the end of the day, it's kind of nitpicking, right? Because he still had a very good performance. I think it's worth touching upon uh, more because these are things that we're seeing now, but I bet by the end of the season, if he's given more continuity in this team and, and run, that we're going to see less and less of those things. And that the good things that we're seeing with him are going to be more representative of long-term what we expect to see. But it's going to be, there's going to be growing pains along the way. And as a fan, I'm okay with that because I think that I can see right now the bright moments of his of Palmer's game and kind of seeing the forest for the trees there's significantly more positives with him right now than negatives. And I think that's where I'm at with him as a player. Um, but there are still right now negatives. I think it's important to acknowledge that because if he has a run of bad form, I think us fans got to remember the good that he offers in the team and that he's young. He's probably going to go through a bad run of form sooner rather than later. Um, but we just got to give him that run and that experience because if we can do that now, 
I think it's going to set us forward much further next year because this guy, to me, he looks special. Yeah, I'm a massive fan of Cole Palmer. Um, I think it's one of the smartest signings we've made, honestly. I mean, he might you know, be like the next Juan Mata, I mean, kind of signing for us. Yeah. And he would yeah. only be here a lot longer, hopefully. Yeah. And he was bought, but apparently he was bought to replace Kai Havertz. That was like the, the thinking with him. Uh, and he, I think he's already done, he's already, I think he's got, he's shown higher potential than Kai Havertz did. Honestly, his contributions so far, uh, five, was it five assists and four goals in 13 games, uh, which is pretty good uh, considering, you know, uh, that I don't think anyone got more than four or five assists last season. Um, yeah, and I can't believe we've got him for that for 40, 42 million, I think it was. Uh, you know, I keep keep saying this is kind of our revenge for Kevin De Bruyne. <laughs> like, you know, I, I can't, I, I, I can't understand how Man City let him go. Honestly, he's um, didn't give him more minutes because he's clearly a really talented player with huge potential and a good mentality as well. Like, he's learning Spanish so that he can communicate better with the Spanish players and Spanish-speaking players in our in our squad. So things like that, you know, uh, he's had a he's hired a dietitian to make sure that he uh, his diet's proper. It's the first time he's lived on his own. And all these kind of little things. Um, he's definitely got the right mentality and he believes in his own talent as well. He's clearly got balls of steel because that penalty today uh, was not an easy penalty to take for him, especially. Um, there's also a, a, a video of him going into a Man City huddle when they're trying to talk about tactics and he goes up and just tries to listen in and uh, Haaland has to push him away. Um, so he's got you know no fear. Um, but yeah, obviously, like any young player, he's got things that he needs to improve in his game. But I'm sure that with his attitude, his work ethic, uh, and the talent that he has, I think he will do that. And I'm, yeah, I'm, I think he's got a big future at Chelsea. Yeah, I think he does too. Uh, or, oh, go ahead if you got some comments here. No, not really. I, I, I agree with you that he's he's played well. I think he's created the most clear cut chances for us in the league this season. So, like you said, there are definitely positives in his game, and the negatives are not enough to throw him away. And the negatives are things that we can expect to see of someone of his age. Uh, personally, I'm not. I don't think it was such a surprising decision that City let him go, because I think if he was still at City, he still won't start for them. And I think watching City players, I think it's important that I think it's. It's clear that the, the difference between them and him, but it's, I think it's just a relative thing that he's been this impactful for us. I don't think it's a, he would have been this impactful for City if he was starting regularly for them. So I think it was a sensible thing that City sold him because they were never really going to give him the playing time that someone of his, um, of his development level needed to grow. So I, I don't think he would have ever gotten into that Man City team, honestly. I think it's it's all because we don't have someone that offers what he offers. That's why he's that valuable to us. But I agree that as he gets playing time, as he plays with these players, he's going to grow and he's going to become much better. I completely agree. So as far as, I mean, we talk a lot about Palmer right now, but you know we had some other performances to kind of note upon. I thought that Silva was up and down today. Um, I thought for the most part, you know, he had the goal that he scored couple defensive liabilities and then I thought you know on the left you know Cucurella looked all right I think he's actually starting to find a little bit of form with our team at this moment which is great for us considering how much money we paid for him and how uh you know how poor it was the first you know first season 
I think Sterling right now is starting to really hit form. And I know there's a lot of just talk in general about Sterling being bad. And I get that sometimes Sterling is a frustrating player, but I think the last several games, you know, from what I've been able to watch, I think that Sterling is starting to show a little bit more of why we signed him a little bit more of his class. And I think that's important for us because he really is one of the only experienced attackers that we have as a reference point up front. And they can be huge going forward. Um, You know, whether you like him or not, and it's very easy to judge him in a harsh narrative compared to what happened last year. But I think when you really look at it in the last few matches, you got to acknowledge that he is playing good, no matter what your feelings on Sterling might be. And that's important for the club. It's important for him. And maybe we can, you know, continue to have this guy on our team if he continues to play like this for quite a while. And maybe that kind of silences some of the need to get that quote unquote, you know, highly talented, experienced attacker into the team in January or over the summer. So I'm going to be the first to give him credit there uh, for what he's accomplished. And I think that Jackson is starting to really fire. He's starting to be one of those guys that every week is starting to show more of his quality for us. He's had a lot of misses, but now he's starting to hit the back of the net, starting to get kind of that regression that we'd expect in the positive way. So maybe there's more reason offensively uh, to believe in this team going forward. But I think it is important to note that how we've played against the big teams compared to the small teams. And I know we've already kind of touched upon that, but I just wanted to qualify with that statement one more time. But yeah, I thought overall, and, and then Enzo and Caicedo also, I mean, they're just not terribly influential for me at this point in the, at this point in the game. But uh, I think there's a lot of reason because they haven't really played together a ton, give them more time and experience that we might and more and more continuity within the system and we could see better things coming forward. Yeah, absolutely. I think there is obviously there's still work to be done on that low low blocks. I think that's still a problem for us. I think Nkunku coming back will help because he's got that bit of magic. You know, you can do something out of nothing and he's so quick um, and he's creative. So when you've got him and Palmer and Sterling, uh, then it becomes probably a bit easier against low block, especially if Rhys Jones is playing as well. So, yeah, um, like at the moment, I feel more confident playing against a team like Manchester City than I do against Everton away. You know, we've got Everton away beginning of December. And I don't feel like, and I'm, I don't think we're going to win that game <laughs> because they'll just sell with a low block and hit us on the counter attack, right? And because uh, that's what Sean Dyche does. And so, you know, but I do feel a bit more confident we might get a draw in games like that rather than just losing 1 0, especially with Nkunku back in the team because, you know, he can magic a goal. You know, I think. We, our attack looked very good in pre-season when he was part of it. And the other the attackers playing with him played better as a result of him being there as well. I noticed that. Uh, so, you know, and Cole Palmer's going to keep improving. He's, he's good at getting balls in behind, floating balls over. Uh, so, you know, hopefully we can start to like really improve. And, yeah. Um, yeah and hopefully Reese James can stay fit. He was... He was incredible in the first half for me. He, like second half, he obviously was. I think he tired a bit, but first half, you know, he was he was brilliant. Um, and he, I think he created the the third goal. I think the third goal just before he came off. Um, and annoyingly, I think if he got the chance that Tagusto got, I think he would have scored that. Um, <laughs> because Reece Jones is a really good finisher, I think he would have scored that. So. 
But, you know, you've got to protect him because you know, he's still coming back from an injury. We know how injury prone he is. It was the right decision to take him off today. Um, but, you know, three games in a row now, he's he's done 60 minutes, not, not got injured. And now he's going to have two weeks off because he's not going to England, which I think, again, is the right decision for him. Uh, and just to get himself fit and sharp and not rush himself into, you know, intense football uh, for 90 minutes. Uh, and then you've got Newcastle in a couple of weeks. Um, and that'll be tough because Newcastle can often play with a low block. <laughs> so um, that won't be an easy game. But uh, yeah, I think I'm, I think overall, this you know, there's obviously this thing to work on. But I think we're, 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 we will, I think we will improve. Like my confidence from the start of the season is I feel like it's starting to be vindicated. And so I'm remaining confident that over the season we will get better. Uh, and I always said we'd be better in the second half of the season than we were in the first half of the season. I still think that, uh, you know, if, if we sign a striker in January, then that will that, that might help as well. But Broglie was excellent off the bench today. I think that was, I think Earl, I mentioned that as well. Like he, that was a good substitution because his physical presence caused problems for Manchester City and he won the penalty, you know. So um, literally won the game in a, in a sense because he won the penalty. So um, Poch, is, Poch made good decisions today. Like All the substitutions I felt were the right ones and all of them had an effect. I think Mudrick came on and, we, and he helped with the with the scoring of, of a goal almost immediately he came on. Um, Gusto had a good game. Broglie won the penalty. You know, so um, a lot of his substitutes paid off today. Um, so fair play to him. You know, I'm I'm, I'm pleased because uh, I, I wanted I I, I backed the appointment. I think it's a good appointment for where we are as a, as a club and as a team, and I think he's doing a good job. We are steadily improving. It's going to be a slow process, um, but we are improving. We're definitely better than we were a lot better than we were last season. Um, and the mentality is better than last season. The performances are better than last season. Um, we're scoring more goals per game, I think, now than last season. Um, I don't think we, I don't know how many times we scored four goals in the game last season. Even I can't remember. Did, did we at all? I can't remember. Um, I don't yeah, I, there's nothing that really comes to mind. No, I, maybe I maybe early on when Potter took over from Tuchel was, but Milan was only three 0 so That's I can't remember well. anything. Uh, no, I can't remember. I don't think we did. I don't think we did. I think the last time we scored four was when Tuchel was manager. And we've done it now we've done it twice in two games. So in fact we've done it three times in three times in the league this season already. So against Burnley, against um against City and against Spurs. So you know, the goals are starting to be scored, which is which is good. Because that was a problem at the start of the season. Yeah, so I think we've kind of talked about a lot of the positives there to summarize the attack. And overall, it was a very positive, right? We scored eight goals in the last two, four in each. That's the best part, right? Averaging four in the last last two games with four in each game. It's not like we had like some crazy seven goal game like we had in the you know early two thousand tens with Aston Villa. But um, right, so now, but I think there are still some things with the defensive side of the performance that we probably should talk about. So, quick thoughts for me was, you know, giving up four goals is not good. And I think that giving up four goals with our goalkeeper literally bailing us out of a couple uh, massive one-on-one saves that he made. And I'll be honest, I'm going to be the first person to say those are amazing saves by by, by Sanchez. And I've been a critic of his because there's a lot of things I just don't really care for in his game. But man, some of those saves that he made today were critical. I mean, they were huge, massive, massive moments, uh, you know, standing on his head type moments. 
So that's big credit to him. Awesome that he's making those saves. Perhaps if he can continue and put together more, it'll help us, you know, but having four goals put past him. Yeah, it is what it is. One was basically a sliding in goal for Holland. And the other one was a penalty. I mean, and then one was an unmarked header. So you can kind of, you can kind of put a lot of blame on uh, maybe on him in some ways because there's four goals. But when you dig into the nature of the goals, I don't really put much blame on him. But with that said, defensively, we had a lot of bad moments today. Quite a few. We had a lot, a lot of bad moments today. Um, so I'll, I'll leave it there. I think it was a up and down performance where really our, our goalkeeper bailed us out and it could have been worse and we've got to fix this going forward. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Uh, I think, yeah, you're right. I mean, Sanchez, yes, he's made some great saves. He deserves a lot of credit. And not just in this game, but other games where he's made some really important saves and, uh, his height has made a difference as well. He's, you know, he's claimed a lot of crosses, uh, which is good. But yeah, to concede four goals is never a good thing. Uh, even if it is the best team in the world and the best attack in the world. Uh, but the penalty, obviously, we're not going to talk about the penalty because it wasn't a penalty. Um, the other hole and goal, like, I, you know, I don't agree with the handball rules as they are, but according to those rules, I think, uh, like, if you're going to apply those rules across the board, that, that shouldn't have been given as a goal. Uh, but it's still bad defending to, get, to let him get in there in the first place. <laughs> but, um, and also, that move came from a a foul on Conor Gallagher that wasn't given. It was given as a throw into Manchester City and they launched the attack from that break. So, but nevertheless, it's still not great defending. Um, there's been some uh, atta- uh, been some mistakes from... I thought De Zarte actually played really well. Like, he made a lot of really important clearances. Um, he, his interceptions were good. His positioning was good. I don't think he made too many mistakes. But... Um, I think we got we got done on the counter attack a couple of times, um, but as well I think there was, you know, the header. I'm just going to say that if Badia Shields probably is playing, that we don't concede that goal because he is so good in the air, um, and he's an absolutely physical powerhouse, um, and he had I think he heads that ball out, and they don't get a free header, um, so uh, you know and. You know, obviously Thiago Silva scored that goal was fantastic. It was good, like we needed that goal as well because we just conceded. So, you know, character to, to, to do that. But like again, you know, his defending wasn't great today. He made it, he made mistakes which cost us goals. Um and that's happened a lot this season, you know, and obviously I'll get hammered for this because I'm not saying that he's a demigod who's perfect and makes no mistakes and you know, like a god of god of defending. Yeah. But, I mean, that's a whole other thing. The, the online discourse is at like an all-time intellectual low when it comes to, you know, Thiago Silva. It's just pure. It's not even, it, usually you see analysis as what have you done more for me lately? But a lot of the, the Silva analysis is what did you do for me two years ago? But, you know, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, and I want to make clear, Thiago Silva is one of the greatest centre-backs that's ever played the game. Um, he is a legend of the game. And there's no question about that. And nobody... I don't think anyone who criticizes him just, just doesn't acknowledge that. Like it's no, but you know, John Terry was was one of the greatest centre backs to ever played the game, and in his last season, he didn't deserve to start, and he didn't start. To be fair, well, you know, well done to Antonio Conte for, and he actually said, I think he actually said to Antonio Conte, "Don't start me. No, I don't. I, you know, I don't. I, I shouldn't be in the team right now. Like, and that's that's leadership. That to be honest, um, 
and I respect John Terry for that because, you know, it, it, when you're an older player and you've been a big player, it's easy to kind of have an ego and think you should be playing and not like the, the fact that your career is coming to an end. But John Terry didn't do that, to be fair to him. So, but Thiago Silva, you know, he's, he's, I mean, I understand to a certain extent why he's playing because he's our most experienced player and our sport doesn't have much experience. And in these big games against big opposition, you need experienced players can be useful. So I understand why he's being picked. Um, you know, and so, you know, and so I saw him encouraging Cole Palmer and, you know, all that kind of thing, which was, which is good. But uh, in terms of his actual performance, I don't think he should be starting regularly now. I think we've said that on this podcast before that, you know, Baddy Ashil is probably our best centre back and he should be starting every game. And when he does, the games he has started, we haven't conceded a goal, I think. Um, I think the games without Thiago Silva this season, we haven't conceded an open play goal, I think. The three games, and one of those games was Brighton. So, uh, you know, it's not like we've just been playing rubbish teams. Um, yeah, and, you know, but, I mean, like I say, he's a football legend and he's one of the best centre-backs um, that's played the game. And he was superb for us in the first two or three couple of years. He was brilliant in the Champions League run. He was like he was great under Tuchel uh, in particular, and you know he he's a, he's a Chelsea hero. He won the Champions League with Chelsea. He won the Super Cup. He won the World Club Cup. So his name's in Chelsea history. Um, but at some point, you have to make the tough, the tough decisions, you know. And um, so I think we need to. He needs to. This has to be his last season at Chelsea. If he stays next season, he can't be starting hardly at all. It needs to be just as a John Terry type thing. But I wouldn't want to keep him, to be honest. Because I don't think he'd want to sit on the bench, as far as anything else. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it wasn't just him. I'm not going to... It wasn't just him. Um, you know, down that left down that left side, or our left side, we were, they, they focused all their attacks down there. Um, we were a little bit vulnerable, although Cucurella, I've got to say, has been... Closer to what we thought he would be this season, and again that that shows a lot of character for him. After what happened to him last season, and what happened in his private life last season, apparently it was awful for him. Um, um, they don't know; they haven't reported what it was, but apparently it was it wasn't very good, and it was it affected him all season. Um, so credit to him, you know, for coming back and you know being professional. And he's not been awful. Um, he's not a world class left back. You know, he's not as good as Reese James is on the right side. But, you know, he's been reasonably solid. But but they did target him a little bit today. Um, and I think they targeted Thiago Silva as well because he's on the same side. So, yeah. And from set pieces, I think, as well, we're not... We're conceding too many set piece goals. And, you know, I think we need to sort that out. Um, the, the defensive structure where set pieces is not as good as it should be. And we need to work on that. Uh, and I think we should work on that with Dizazi and Badia Shiel, um as our starting centre-backs. They know each other. They've played together. Um, they complement each other. Um, I think um, they're both kind of physical, but both good on the ball. Uh, I think... And, and I think Thiago Silva needs to rest anyway. He's played almost every game in the league. And, he, you know, ultimately he won't be able to play every game at 39. So he, he needs a rest. So... Um, yeah, I, I would I would want those two to be starting more games now. I understand Fergus are playing some games where you need a bit of experience in the team. Totally. And I, I get that. But not every game. And 
so hopefully uh, we'll see a bit more of Badi Ashil and a bit more organisation in that defence. And I think also Isado needs to start showing us his best performances as well. Like um, I think he's set, he's still settling in. I think he's still feeling a bit of the pressure of you know the big fee and the expectations on him. But and he's also he's we've got to remember he's only twenty one. He's not like an experienced player. So you've got to give him time. But again, I think he will he will and the talent is definitely there and he will improve. Um but yeah, so that's the that's the kind of defensive thing. And, and like Sanchez, I'm happy with Sanchez to be there for now. Um I would like to see Petrovic play a couple of play a couple of games to see what he's like. Because I think he's a I think he's a talented keeper. Um so I'd like to see him in the League Cup games, but he hasn't played in those yet. Um, but overall, yeah, that's the area of our team that we need to start really working on improving. Um, and it's the sloppy goals that we concede that the ones that we shouldn't concede. You know, you, some goals you like against good sides, or when a, a team puts together a good move, sometimes you can't defend something. But you know, just just stop, just eliminate the sloppy mistakes and get better on set pieces. You know, and then we can start keeping some clean sheets and. You know, and uh, you know, and that means that we won't have to score four goals every time to win it, to get something out of the game. As for the defenses or part of the game, I'd mentioned earlier that the game was open, and I don't like games that are open. Granted, it's against Manchester City, but the openness of the game showed how we approached it. And when a game like that is opened up, it's credits to us in a way because. Games against City are never open, and Gardela doesn't like his, team, his his games to be open. So I'm sure that uh, the game being that way was not how Gardela wanted it to be. So the fact that we forced it to be that way, I guess it's credit to us. But we also had some defensive mistakes, some defensive lapses, and I guess we're playing against top of the line attackers, so we can't really say our players were sloppy, but Thiago Silva did, you know, didn't cover himself in glory. Disaster didn't either. Cucurella didn't. I think the only defender that actually looked okay was uh, was uh, Rhys James. I think Rhys James did very well against um, Doku. But yes, I wouldn't um, say too much about this game because we had to play the way we played because we have to press it high up, and pressing it high up means there are consequences. So, I guess it was just a trade-off that we had to face. But uh, we have to definitely be better defensively in in future games, and I guess we were in, in a way. But yeah, uh, our defense we weren't good defensively, but we played against City, so uh, we have to take that into account. All right. So, if we had to pick out man of the match, who would it be for everybody? Well, for me, it's between Raheem Sterling and Cole Palmer, but because I think they both are excellent. Um, but I'm going to give it to Raheem Sterling just because I think he was great the whole game and never stopped working, never stopped running, looked dangerous, obviously scored a really important goal. Um, yeah, I think, and obviously his experience was vital in a big game and he showed that and that was important. Um, I'm sure that was helpful to the to the younger players. So. Um, and I think he deserves a lot of credit, uh, more credit than he's been getting. So um, I'm going to give it to Raheem Sterling. For me, it would also be Raheem Sterling. I don't think Obama played well, actually. I think 
The penalty scored was a very good one, and it was crucial in the circumstances, but I don't think he had a good game. I'll give it to Ryan Sterling. For me, it will be between Sterling and Gallagher, but I'll give Sterling. Sterling was superb all throughout the game. Yeah, and for me, it was definitely one of two between Gallagher or Sterling, and I'd probably probably slight a little bit more towards Gallagher, but just because I'm a, I'm a little bit more of a sucker for like defensive pressing actions. I think that he does that so incredibly well for us. So I, I think I would give it just slightly to Gallagher over Sterling, but both had great games. Um, and, and score just put the stat in here that Gallagher has more open play assists than any other Chelsea player this season. So I think a lot of, and there's, you know, there's been a lot of weird dialogue around Connor Gallagher, just simply, I think, you know, there's like a weird cult of personality that, you know, dislikes him just because somehow, I, I don't know, extension of the, the previous Mason Mount, you know, dis, dislike um, and all of that. But I think if you really look at his season objectively, Connor Gallagher has not only showed his competence and talent, ability, all this, all these things that we can work with, but it's the nature of how he does them, right? I mean, he's getting assists. He's working his ass off in the pressing third of the field. He's doing a lot of things. He's making smart passes. He's somebody that's starting to show what I call progression, right? He's taking a step forward. And I think that progressive step is, is important to note that who our manager is and, and when that progressive step for Gallagher took place was with Pochettino. And I think that he really fits the way that Pochettino wants to play, but it will be interesting when Nkuku comes back, how this moves forward. But the good thing for Gallagher is that he can play that central attacking role. He can play in more of the double pivot and maybe potentially more of an offensive style game. If we ever play 4-3-3 in some ways, he could play on any one of those positions. He's shown a lot of versatility this season, um, not just within this match, but I think it gives him a lot of case for you know the rest of the season going forward. So I'll give him my man of the match this, uh, this, this time around. I think he played very well. Uh, I think he deserves the plotted, so... That's who I go with. So I think that coming forward in the next matches, we've got some things to look forward to. We have Newcastle uh, post uh, post break in two weeks. And then we have, you know, right after that, it's Brighton and Man United. So we have quite a few interesting matches coming up. We will be here to preview the, or, you know, review those for you, not preview those. And we'll see how it goes. But today gave me hope for the first time in quite some time that maybe we can, you know, maybe get back to where we used to be. Maybe get back to your Europa League spot this season. Start of the season was rough. It's really started to pick up more recently. And let's just hope it continues from there on out. For everybody else listening, thank you for listening. And for Score and Ola joining me, thank you a lot for coming on this one. Until next time, everybody, keep the blue flag flying high.